1: Ryan, it is, it is mailbag time, Ryan. And so we're going to, we're going to get to it. As I said, if you have a question that you gave early in the show, either super chat it or just put it in, I'm not begging for super chats. I mean, it it will, you know, we'll see it then, or just put it in there again, just as it is. And we'll try to get to it. So we're going to try to get to some of these, these comments and questions. We want to try to let some of the comments go too, Ryan, because I know there's a lot of people frustrated, and uh, and want to get that stuff out. Connor Grant says, "Can we expect Tobias to get thirty uh, plus thirty, you know, thirty more snaps going forward? Can we expect it? I don't expect it. It should happen. He yeah. only had ten snaps on Saturday. Only played ten snaps.
2: Like uh, I was surprised. I was surprised it was that many. I I honestly I was surprised yeah. that it was actually ten. Yeah, but I I guess that's a good sign. I mean." Brian's, I, I I commented on the fact that Tobias wasn't on the too deep again for the depth chart, and and someone was like, you know, that really doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're not technically wrong, but I haven't seen Tobias up until this point, and he's also not been on the depth chart enough, right? So until that changes, I just don't have any – I don't have any confidence that it will change, Connor. Like, I hope it will. It should. And I think clearly we saw just off of the – Two targets and 141 yard touchdown that Tobias deserves the opportunity. But until it happens, I'm not going to fully buy into it. So,
0: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Next question. We have another super chat down here from Jacob Abel. The problem with Tommy always trying to trick opponents by doing the unexpected is the expected, the expected is normally expected because it works and makes sense. I mean, there's always a sense of you have to have that balance, right? I mean, and mm-hmm. Jacob, I, I I think I like what you're saying here, but I, I don't think that Tommy is trying to trick opponents by doing the unexpected. I think it's just dumb. I mean, I I really think it's just overthinking it. Like Like this past week, were they trying to exp- – there, there's no way that Stanford's going to think we're going to just regurgitate the great same game plan as last week, so let's let's do that. I mean, I don't think that's was what he's thinking. I just think he's like, well, this worked against BYU. Let's run it all against Stanford, which is just not what good coaches do. You have your offense. You have what you do, but then you tailor it to attack the other team's weaknesses and accenting mm-hmm. your strengths by going at their weaknesses and areas where they're strong and you're maybe not doing things to protect that part of it. And so I just you know I just um, I I I just don't I I don't think that's what he's doing. But to your specific question, just from a football standpoint, there there's always a need to you know sort of do things that they're not expecting. Those are called tendency breakers, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to, or or things that you to make keep another team honest or to steal yards, right? You don't steal yards with things that they're expecting you to do unless they make a mistake. But there's things you do off of your base, off of what you do that maybe a team is expecting that you then can use to, to you know, like they did a good job of that on Saturday. The, one of the better play calls on Saturday was a play where they ran that cross action off duo again and that they'd been crashing all day. And he just pulled it. Mayor got free. How can Mayor get that free? Because that was a tendency breaker. That was something they did off a look that they'd been just hammering all game. And then you pull it and you throw it and Mayor steals yards. Right. Yep. That was a good call. My thing is that should have been earlier, you know, like the the touchdown to Tobias. I mean, where was that in the first quarter? Those are the things where you're constantly waiting until what you were doing doesn't work and then adjusting to things that then do work a little bit. And then you're one. oh, he's worked. OK, how about you do that at the beginning? So you always have to have that balance between expected and unexpected. But I, I mean, what I would call it is it's a tendency breaker and it's stuff that we've talked about for sure. That needs to be a part of it. So Jacob, I like, I like what you're saying here. I, I, I just don't think it's that. I just think, I think he thinks that stuff's going to work. I really do. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Hey guys, I got personal good news. Go Irish, go IB. So I didn't see, did he put something down there that was what was that personal good news? Because I'd love to hear it. I'll go take a look. Yeah. Charlie, if you so,
2: uh, as as I'm looking for it, if you want to pop yeah. it into the chat, we would love, love to hear, hear that, the news.
1: Man. Yeah, absolutely. If you got personal good news, we'd love to share that with you if you're willing to share it with us. All right, we've got here from Demetrius Rex. Demetrius says, "Why does it feel like some players on the team are so blah and sluggish? Is this a culture problem on the offense from a player's perspective? Would you feel tight and un uninsp- tight and uninspired in a scan offense? I think." I, I don't think it's uninspired. I think it's it's. I think the tight comes from Tommy Reese's attitude, and knowing that he's going to go off at any minute and and yell and go off at any minute and without teaching, just screaming at you, which is something I've heard from plenty of sources the last couple of years, and especially this year as things have gone bad. It, but it's it's more so also that you know your opportunities are limited, and then the final piece, more so, Ryan to me is just uncertainty. I think a big mm-hmm. problem with what's going on on offense right now is uncertainty. They're not sure of what they're doing or how to do it because it's so much more scheme-driven than it is Simon. And that's the other thing. If you're going to play the way that Notre Dame is playing, your players have to be precise football players, mm-hmm. precise football players. And I think that's kind of been an issue for me. And And so you've got to pick a lane. And I think it comes down to that. There's just not a lot of confidence. Number one. The, I know this for a fact. There's a lot of players on the team on offense, and I've heard this from a lot of people, that they don't think that they are believed in. And it's hard to have faith in something. Like if I was constantly ripping Ryan and criticizing his work and just talking down to him and doing all those other type of things, he'd be like, man, like Brian doesn't. And then I wasn't, He, hey, Brian, let me do this. No, no, I got it. Hey, Brian, can I do it? No, 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 I got it. No, I'll do it. I'll handle it. He'd be thinking, this guy does not like me. This guy has no faith in me. Like, I'm, I am I need to be worried about whether or not I'm going to get fired here soon, right? I mean, am, am I wrong? Would that not be how you would be taking all that? Because yeah. it's like, well, this dude doesn't believe in me, right? Mm-hmm. But I can be, hey, Ryan, man, we need to do this. Or, hey, I need you to do this. And I can say those things because in other conversations, I'm like, great job here. Love this. Hey, you're doing a good job. Can you help me out here? Can you take this show? Like, Ryan knew what it meant the first time I said, hey, man, can you do a show for me? He knew what that meant. Because mm-hmm. he knows I don't like giving up my baby very much. Like now, I mean, there's a show on Monday now that I'm re- ever really a part of. He knows what it took for me to give that up because, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So so then I can then say, hey, man, like I don't, I didn't like this or this needs to be better or let's try this, something different. Because he knows, dude, I think you're doing a great job. I got faith in you, but I think we can be better. Right. And And so it's the same thing with football players. If you're just constantly, you suck, you suck, you suck, we have talent. We have limited talent, we don't have this, we don't have that, like, well, this guy thinks we suck. And he's calling <laughs> plays like he thinks we suck. So, you know, you know, why should I go play for him? You know, so I think there's a lot of that. There's a huge culture problem going on at Notre Dame right now. And and Sean Davis and I are going to have a, a show about this this week. where we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So today we just wanted to talk more scheme and X's and O's and those kind of
2: things. But... I think you're on something. Well, even Which on top you know, of the cult, even if I can Brian, even on top of the culture, I mean going back to that question for a second, right? It's also the simple fact of like hey, if I don't 100% understand what my role is here, what I don't I don't understand what my responsibility is, I don't understand what the coach's goals for me in this offense are, then you're going to be a little confused, right? And I think mm-hmm. confusion also makes it look like you're a little blah, like you're a little, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of teetering around because you just don't have any confidence in what you're being asked to do and I know we're focused on offense today but that goes to the defensive side of the football like there's some players on the defensive side where I just think that they don't quite really understand what their responsibility is if I'm right. being honest like that's just what it is so yeah right. I, th- I think there's a lot of it though man there's a lot of layers to it unfortunately and it, I agree there is definitely a, a culture issue at this point mm-hmm. with uh with yep. a lot of the players so
1: yep all right, let's get to the next one here. Uh, this is from Coach Koch, where I really, really think the main issue is the quarterback coaching. Every recent quarterback, Book, Malik, Wimbush, Kaiser, all regressed as they played. Cone didn't didn't, but Hess uh, but he's not coached early. He he wasn't coached early on by another name. I, I I agree with that, but part of that I'm not putting on Tommy Reese. I'm not putting mm-hmm. Malik Zaire and 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 Brandon Wimbush and Deshaun Kaiser on Tommy Reese because he wasn't here for them. Well, Wimbush to a degree, but I've said this before. I think Wimbush was kind of wrecked before Tommy Reese got a hold of him. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't blame Tommy for that. I blame Mike Sanford for that. So I I mean three of those quarterbacks I can't really blame on Tommy Reese. Yeah. So but but I think Tommy Reese learned from the guy who is responsible for that. And that's my issue. Right? Yep. And so uh yeah, I mean I, I think that's part of I mean everybody's banging on Drew Pine. Look, Drew Pine has the talent to do a be a, a much better player than he was on Saturday. We saw him do it 2 weeks before against North, you know, against BYU North Carolina. You
0: mm-hmm. know, we've seen
1: him make some of those throws. We've seen him play really good football. If Drew Pine simply would have played the same way he did against North Carolina BYU, Notre Dame is 4 and 2 right now and we're having a different conversation, right? But he wasn't put in a pos- the same position against Stanford that he was put in some of those other games. He wasn't helped in the way he needs to. And now there's things Drew's got to do better. I'm not sure. blaming Tommy Reese for Drew missing Brayden Lindsey for a touchdown. I'm not blaming that on him. That, there's no coaching thing that's going to cause a guy to miss that bad. That's a confidence thing. That's, you know, that's a rushing his technique thing and all that. I, I'm not putting that on Tommy Reese. There's a lot of other mm-hmm. things, however, the reads and not and the late and the timing. I'm putting that on Tommy Reese because of how we've seen this offense evolve over in recent weeks. So you know, just I just I want to make sure I'm careful that I'm not just putting everything on Tommy Reese's shoulders every single time. There's an incomplete. Ah, the I was a coach, you know. Like there's times my guys made mistakes when I was a coach, and I'm pretty sure, like, hey, that's not on me. He's got to make that play because we worked on this all day. Everybody else is making it. He's made that before. My man, you gotta right. you gotta make that play. I can't make it for you,
2: right? Well, because because the thing is, right, Brian, that that when you put a player in a position to make the play and they don't make it, that's not a coaching issue, right? What we're right. saying is we don't think that they're being put into the best position to make a play, right? Like that's the difference, right? That it, as long as a coach is putting a guy in a position to make a play that they can make, that's all they can do. From there, it's about the players. But again, I just don't think that all the players, especially offensively are putting put into the best position for them to capitalize on the talent they have and to make a play that they can make. That's, I think that's where it is right yeah. now. Yep. Agree completely. I want to
1: bring this up. Mark Brown. I would love it if you would bring this, co- this and we're not going to address this today because it's not really in line with what we're trying to talk about today. But when Sean Davis and I do a show later this week together, please bring this comment back because it would be a great time to address it at that point in time. All right. So here we go. Mark, market, market wise. Wise. I think it's market wise. Maybe it's what that's meant to say. Guys, the problem is you're asking for immediate change to be made by a guy running the offense who already thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and Tommy Reese won't self-evaluate, Ryan. Right? And that's the danger. And that's mm-hmm. why, honestly, I can't control what Tommy Reese does. And I've, right. I've said this to players. I say this to parents. I've said this to, you know, recruits. I've said this my whole life as a coach, right? Hey, you, you can't control what I do. You can't control mm-hmm. what the head coach does. You can't control what the quarterback does. You can't control that the quarterback's going to throw you the ball. So stop complaining about it. You do your job. You do it well. You do it as, as well as you can, right? And then let the stuff, the rest of the stuff kind of take care of itself, right? Focus on doing your job. And so, you know, to me, all we can do is focus mm-hmm. on saying this is what needs to happen, I can't yep. control what Tommy Reese does. I can't control what Marcus Freeman does. I can't control what any of the players do or any anybody else does. I can't control that, right? So yep. I'm not just going to sit back throw my hands up and say, well, you know, I may be, you know, spitting into the wind here. Don't care because this is right. And, and yes, that may sound arrogant, but I, I, I'm just telling you, this will work because what we've seen isn't working. And the players mm-hmm. aren't that bad. Even if you buy the argument they don't have great talent, it ain't 23 points a game bad. No. It's not. I keep mm-hmm. saying ain't today. Like I'm that's how pissed off I am. My grammar's <laughs> just flying out the window. But it's uh-huh. not that the talent's not that bad. No. You say, okay, well, maybe they're only 30 points. But if they're averaging 30 points a game right now, they're five and one.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Because and, and maybe you lose Ohio State 21-16 instead of 21 to 10. You're five and one right now if you're a 30 point per game offense. That's how bad this is. 23 points a game after six games, right? I mean, and it's again, it's not even like you're playing good defenses. You're not. You're not even playing good defenses. I mean, you know, Marshall ranks 16th in the country in scoring defense, and Ohio State ranks 10th, right? North Carolina, let's see here. North Carolina ranks NC State, sorry. North Carolina ranks 110th. BYU ranks 99th. You didn't even get to you. Here, here's the thing: you scored under BYU's scoring average. They give up. They're giving up 30 points a game. Stanford ranks 92nd at 29.7 points per game, and that's after they held Notre Dame to uh, to uh, 20 to uh, 14 points. And Cal mm-hmm. ranks 34th in scoring. You, you you're not playing good defenses to the point where you should be scoring 23 points a game. No, no. You've played three teams that rank 92nd or worse in scoring defense, and you went under their scoring average in two of the three games. One of them by over double. You scored 14 points against a team that coming into that game was scoring over 30 points a game. You're still over over double now after that game because they're 29.7. You scored 14 points. 14 points. It's not working. And so just keep doing what you're doing and wait to get better players. No, bro, that's not going to fly. That's not going to fly. Cause you are underachieving with what you have now. Why should I have you around to underachieve with better players? So a team that should be scoring 40 can score 30. No, no, it needs to happen. So do I have faith that he's going to do it? No, I don't. I have zero faith right now that he's going to make the changes. I hope he proves me wrong. I do. And I'll be the first one standing up cheering for him. If he does. Yep. I will. But I have no faith that he's going to do it right now. None. Be- because, I have no because, faith right, that he's going to look in the mirror. That's the thing. Yeah.
2: Go ahead, Ryan. Cause, Sorry. Cause, well, because I was just going to say, Brian, because you're not here just to, like, crap on him, right? Like, you're here because no. you want what's best for the Notre Dame program. Like, no. that's where it comes to no. you. know what I mean? Like, it's – it's. and uh, you'll and I, I know that we would both be 100% fine if he flips it around and Tommy Reese says what's best for the Notre Dame program. I would love that because that means you don't have to make right. a change. You don't have to compromise. Great story. I don't – yeah, I don't want to
1: fire him and then risk losing recruits and all the other kind of stuff. That's not good for me. That's not good for Notre Dame. That's not good for anybody. I, mm-hmm. I've been in that situation. I don't want anybody to get fired. That's why I don't advocate for guys to get fired. But it's also my job to point out and give honest opinion. I would much rather be sitting here talking about, hey, remember how I told you all the time Maurice was going to be that guy before the year? I'm right. I was right. Do You think right. I like sitting there saying, hey, I was flat out wrong on the dude. Flat out wrong. I don't like saying that. And people say, "Well, you know, hey, it takes a it takes a big, I, but I, yeah, it takes it, it doesn't take a big man to admit you're wrong. That's just what you should do. I don't like doing it though. I hate admitting <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm not. A I fan like being of it. right. I like, I like right. being yeah, right.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I was wrong on this one. I wish I wasn't, but I was. You know. And I hope you, know, you know, keep Go ahead, right. No, I was just going to say Brian, but you know what that says about you, right? To this comment about the smartest guy in the room. The real smart people self-evaluate and admit yes. when they have to make a yes. change. Like that's you know the biggest thing, right?
1: That's on me. That's on yes. me. That's on me. 100%. Yes. I I've, I've had I've talked to coaches under name in the past. Man, look, dude, I, I was such a stupid call. I can't believe I made that call. Like I've I've had them say that to me. I was we got I I remember one time I'm trying to remember, what No, can't say it cuz they'll give it away. But I had a coach call me after a game, and he's like, dude, we got so lucky. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I called the dumbest. And he was like – he just like made a bad call on a play like late in the game, but his guys executed it, and, and it worked out. He's like, And he was like – he was praising his kids, right? Like, look, I made such a dumb call. But, you know, that somebody did this, and it was a great block or something like that, and it was a big play. And it's just like you're going to pull opposite now, right, where it's just like it's always them, it's always them, it's always them. If Tommy Reese is willing to look in the mirror and own this game, I mean, hundred percent in every capacity. Hey, they're not making plays. That's on me. They're not coaching up this. That's on me. That's what. That's what good. That's what the great ones do, right? That's what great coaches do. That's what people who believe in building up young people in every capacity do. They look in the mirror and say, "You know what? I've been acting like an idiot in practice. I have been. I've these game plans I'm putting together. I thought they were going to work. They didn't. Okay." So I gotta I gotta rethink. If this is was my go to, then I gotta rethink this. I didn't think this kid was ready. Kid showed me he's ready. Let's give him a shot. Let's let you know. I, I, this is on me, right? Mm-hmm. That's what called being a man is. You look in the mirror when things aren't going your way. You don't blame the teenager. You don't blame the kid playing for free. You say this is on me. This is why they paid me what they're paying me. This is on me, right? If something happens bad at Irish Break, I say hey, you know. That's not my fault, man. Ryan's the one that screwed that up. That's on me. I proofed it. If it went out wrong and there was a spelling error, that's on me. That's on me, right? And so there's not enough accountability there. And that's why I said earlier, that's why Coach Freeman needs to walk in there and have a come-to-Jesus moment with him and remind him this is not a suggestion, right? Now, hopefully, hopefully Coach Reese has already had that conversation with himself before Marcus Freeman says a word. Yes. And then it's just like, yeah, coach, I got you. Definitely. I feel the same way. Here's what I was, but when coach Freeman and coach Freeman gave it away, coach Freeman gave it away. And I don't think he meant to do this, but coach Freeman gave it away on his Monday press conference. And I haven't said this publicly, but I'm going to say it now. He said something in the post game or the Monday press conference where he said, I feel better about the game plan now after sitting down with the offensive staff and watching film than I did before. So what that tells me, Ryan, you've been in those meeting rooms. That tells me Tommy Reese pointed out all the mistakes the players made and why that was the problem and not the game plan or the play calling. That's how that happened. Because he said he sat down with the offensive staff. And I don't think he meant it how I took it, but there's no other way. It can't be anything else. The fact that you had to convince your head coach that the game plan worked, it it didn't work because they didn't execute it. Who's responsible for execution? You are. You are. And I've said this before. If it's happening to one player, then that's on the player. But when it's happening across the board, that's on you Mm -hmm. as a coach because you're the one not teaching them the right way. You're the one not doing enough during the week of practice to make them comfortable when things don't go the way you expect them to go to on a game. That's on you. And the fact that Coach Freeman said that, and again, I don't think he meant it that way, but the fact that he said that, Ryan, made me say, You didn't sit down and say, dude, I dropped, I, I effed this up. I, I, I just, I, I, this just was not, it, it's, uh uh-uh, uh, it was here, but Drew screwed up that. Drew screwed up that. Drew missed this. Drew missed that. Look, this was open. That was open. Yeah. So you should have won 31 to 16. You should have scored 50 on that team because they suck. Yep. They yep. suck. And I know that's not professional. And I know that's emotional, but it's also, true and I'm saying it for effect because Stanford is awful on yep. defense awful so you know Ryan it's just uh let, let, let me let me give you this stat the last time that Stanford gave up that few of points in a game against a against an FBS team, was at the beginning of the 2019 season against a Northwestern team, that went three and nine and averaged 16 points a game. That's the last time Stanford gave up as few points as what Notre Dame scored on Saturday.
2: Yep, that's embarrassing. And I, I mean, and you could even put it to this season, man. I said this on the post game show, right? Like Notre Dame scored four more points than Colgate scored against Stanford.
1: Yep. Yep. That's um, embarrassing. And don't tell me it's not, it's talent. Don't tell the talent may make you not be, let's just say
2: the talent's not good. Okay. So you don't score 50 on them. You
1: mm-hmm. can't score
2: 20, 24. And, 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 and we're, even if you are the anti, if you, even if you are the uh, the talent, is uh, there's a lack of talent person. Are you telling me that it's such a lack of talent that they're only four points better than Colgate? Is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Notre Dame's four points better yeah. than Colgate? That's what you're, that's okay. All right got it yep
1: yep it's uh it's just but see that's that's that was the that was the attitude that that there existed before with the previous coach and remember last week how we talked about how how colgate was not a very good rushing team and they went for 159 yards you know Notre Dame only went for 150 only rest for 150 yards against them mm-hmm. that's it that's it In the last two seasons, the only team to rush for fewer yards in Notre Dame was Washington State last year, a team that just doesn't run. What? They just don't run. And they did that because they threw for 400-some yards on them. Yep. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Negative Kid asked, Brian, how much would you charge Reese to be his personal offensive consultant? Not a dime. I would do it for free. I would do it for free. It's not going to happen, but I would do it for free. Irish-blooded. Not to make this the bash Tommy hour, but with what you've heard from Marcus Freeman so far, what do you realistically think he can, will do moving forward to fix the issues? And we kind of addressed this a little bit earlier. I don't think he's going to do anything to fix it. Not to the, not not actually fix it. He's going to put some Band-Aids on things. Well, I'm going to run this offense anyway, so I'll put this kid in here more because he does what I want him to do. And mm-hmm. we'll see stuff like that, which make him a little bit better. And they'll have some games. Look, they're going to have some games like the North Carolina game, where they're going to come out and look like gangbusters. They need to put a great game plan together, and we'll praise him when he does that, and then – the next week we'll come out and see the same crap over again, you know, so it'll be continued up and down. And, you know, uh, I have no confidence he will. I hope I truly hope that I'm wrong. I truly hope that Coach Reese looks in the mirror and says, you know what, dude, I dropped the ball in this one. I thought I could do this, this, this and this. And I screwed up. I didn't listen to this person enough. I blame this kid. I acted like a jerk off in practice. I, I, I'm being a prick. I, I got to change. Right. Because this is on me. Right. That's what winners do. That's what the great ones do. That's what guys that I wouldn't want my kid to play for do. Right. I don't have a kid, so it's easier for me to say, but you get the point that I'm making. Right. And I just don't have confidence he's going to do it because if he was, it should have happened before the Stanford game, but hopefully, you know, it was bad enough that he has no choice, but to do that. I pray he does. I do. I do. Cause I like Tommy Reese. I do. I, I would love for it to work out. I do. And not just so I can see I was right. Because nothing he can do moving forward makes me say, see, I was right. Look what they did in the last half of the year when the season was over with. Nope, doesn't do it. It was wrong. There's nothing that can be done now to salvage this season. But what you can do is you can salvage your reputation. You can regain the trust in the players in you. And you can become a better man and a better coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. Bill Walsh just throw to Tyree out of the backfield, stop the 12-13 personnel runs that aren't working, short stuff to Styles. run outside some, don't always key on Mayer, throw to, to Merriweather, play the young tight ends. All great stuff, Bill. And I think the first one nope. is insane to me. Why did he stop throwing a ball to Chris Tyree in the past game? I mean, okay, so he dropped the pass on a screen. Okay, it happens. Go back I mean, to
2: did, him. did the running backs catch a pass on Saturday?
1: Yes, on a third and 18, they threw an angle route. To oh, the angle. You're right. Third and 18. You're right.
2: Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, there, but there was nothing other than that designed for them, really. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember what game I was watching. Was it the Alabama game? I was watching a game where a receiver just dropped a clear open throw. And that's probably Alabama. Next, <laughs> it might have it, it been that game. It, and, uh, and I think it might, it might I'm trying to remember what game it was, but a kid, it was a game I watched this week and a kid drops a ball. And on the very next play, they went right back to him and got him a ball and it went for like 30 yards. Whereas at mm-hmm. Notre Dame, if the kid drops a ball, that's whose name isn't Michael Mayer, you're not getting another throw for the next three games.
2: Might be Maybe and might be off the next tight. play.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. And you wonder where kids would play tight. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, I don't get benched. Like if Tommy Reese makes a bad call, Freeman doesn't get a, Hey, Tommy, I'm benching you for this next series. Jared, pick up the thing and you're calling plays. It doesn't happen to the coaches, right? right? Because you know mistakes happen. Let's correct it and move on. And that's what good coaches do. Man, you got to make that play. You know what I mean? Do your job. But then you give the kid a chance to do his job on the very next play. That tells the co- the kid, hey, I still believe in you. Do your job, right? And But you don't get that in Notre Dame. You really don't get that in Notre Dame. And that's why you see kids play tight the way that they do on both sides of the yep. ball. Because there's a even defensively, there's a clear disconnect between what Al Golden is doing and what the players are executing compared to how it was under Marcus Freeman and how it was under Clark Lee. And I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a he doesn't have faith in them, they don't have faith in him, or they're not understanding what he's teaching. But a lot of dudes that we've seen play really good football aren't playing good football, and that mm-hmm. speaks to me a much bigger problem. Again, we're not talking hypothetical talent. All the stuff we're complaining about is about guys doing things that we have seen them do with one exception, Tobias Merriweather and Deion Colsey, those two kids, right? But Mm -hmm. Foskey, Adam Yolas, Kaiser, Bertrand, Marist, Brandon Joseph, Cam Hart, Lorenzo Styles, Brayden Lindsey, Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, Audric estime These are all things we have seen these kids do in a college uniform. This isn't gee, I think Tobias can do this. And, and then what happened when he did it, though, when he was given that chance? Made a play. Yeah. Made a play. You know, so, so the fact that that many players have regressed is not a player problem. It's a coaching problem. If only Foskey regressed, you could say, hey, look, maybe he's worried about the NFL, whatever. You could say mm-hmm. something like that. But when it's across yeah. the board, it's not a, it's not a player problem. And then when I hear Coach Freeman say in this press conference, you know, hey, it, it, you know, says the things he says, I can live with it as long as I see things change. The reason I'm starting to get frustrated with Coach Freeman, someone who I greatly respect and admire, I do. I hope he succeeds. He's a good man. There's nothing I want more than the see mark Freeman succeed. But when I hear him say those things, you can chalk it up to he's, he has his coach's backs. And I respect that. But then when you Mm -hmm. see nothing change, you start asking yourself, maybe he actually believes that. And that's why the things from this weekend and from yesterday were so disconcerting is because it's it's like, because nothing's changed, I'm starting to think he actually believes that. And he's been convinced it's the players, not us. And that, Mm -hmm. that concerns me in a very big way. Beef eater. A.K.A. Toe Jam says, uh, Brian, our running plays are so slow to develop, a buck sweep would be tracked down by the end on every attempt. A, no, it wouldn't. B, if a defensive end was tracking it down that way, there's so many things you can do to counter that to make it to where he doesn't do that. I mean, if he's running that hard, then you just have Drew Pine keep it, and he will run for 10 yards before anyone knows he has the football. Right, throw a bubble screen. Throw, run a reverse. If a backside end is crashing that, and this is what was so dumb about the reverse they ran on Saturday, it was not off of anything they do. It Mm -hmm. was so telegraphed. You put three tight ends and a receiver into the boundary, and there was nobody backside the left tackle. That's you've never run a play out of that, and then you're you're like, you run a reverse. You're like, well, duh, of course that was coming. Right, reverses are at their best when they come off of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like they, the, uh, and I've seen Tommy do this. That's what's so frustrating. Like they ran a reverse against Georgia Tech in 2020. I was actually at that game, Ryan, and it was like right in front of me. And they ran like a like an off tackle, like a like an outside stretch play to Kyron Williams, and the backside safety didn't move. He just stood there. So on the very next play, they ran that exact same look and ran Chris Tyree. And on that play, they 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 did a, a reverse motion with Chris Tyree, and they ignored him. Ignored him. So what they did on the very next play is they ran that same exact play, but instead they gave the ball to Chris Tyree and he ran around for 25 yards. That's good coaching. That's good coaching, right? We're not seeing that. We're seeing this weirdly scripted stuff that's like, okay, we're putting a reverse in off of a look we haven't run all game. And then we're shocked that it doesn't work. That's bad coaching, right? A reverse works because we're killing them with our buck sweep and that end is crashing. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to, fake that buck sweep and, you know, do a little quick handoff to the guy on a jet sweep. And then that defensive end is never going to crash again. Right. Yeah. Some plays are meant to be slow developing though, too. And, and you have counters for those kind of things, right. Including cross action. Sometimes if a guy's doing that to protect against it out of 12 personal or something. So I understand what you're saying.
2: I just don't agree with the premise or the result, Ryan, you have anything to say about that? No, I mean, and and we've seen a lot of duo the last couple of weeks. Duo is not a slow developing play. Like it's a downhill run. Like I just, yeah, it's, yeah. I just don't agree either. Yep.
1: Uh, Tyler Bedwell says, I'm a little behind here on podcast time, but I am so frustrated to hear Pine is still developing. He's a third year guy. Why is he still developing and looking like a freshman? He should be ready. Well, I mean, he didn't look like that against North Carolina and BYU. And that's the whole point, right? Like, Let's not forget what we were. What people last week we were asked last week, in two different shows, do you think Drew Pine has done enough to be basically handed the starting job for next year? That's what we were told last week because of how he played the two previous weeks. So let's like let's try to have a little bit of big picture view here, and that's why I get so frustrated with the kind of the the ripping of Drew Pine, right? Yep. Because it's like a week ago we were having a completely different conversation about him, and so Tyler. But to answer your question there's a difference between not being ready and being inexperienced mm-hmm. because there's some things you do that, that you just can't prepare a kid for until he sees it in the game. And first year starters are going to have up and down performances. That's going to happen. What happened here, however, is when he had a bad performance, everybody blamed him for it and not anyone else, not the coach, yep. not, you know, no, that's my problem. Right. And so I'm more than willing to, to criticize Drew Pine because nothing Marcus Freeman said about Drew Pine yesterday was wrong. My only concern is why are you only saying it about Drew Pine and not some of the stupid play calls that we saw or the the, the terrible game plan that we saw the rest of the game? That's my thing. Does that make sense? So yeah. he, he's playing like a kid who only has four starts. There, there, there's a reason people value experience so much at that position because experience means I have seen this happen. And I know what to do when it happens, or I have been down this road before I've had my struggles. Now I know how to get myself out of it. Right. Drew really couldn't get himself out of his, out of his struggles before that happens with inexperienced quarterbacks. That's a learning lesson. And hopefully he Mm -hmm. doesn't make that mistake again. And so, That's what I mean by that, Tyler. Is yes, he's in his third year, but he's never been put on the situation in three years where he had to be the guy and all that comes with it, all the press conferences, all the meetings, all the people seeking interviews, all this, all this kind of stuff. He he, that's new to him, and it's going to result at times in a guy, especially a guy who does who can't see because Drew can't make up for mistakes with just God-given ability. Like Trevor Lawrence could make a bad read, didn't matter. Because he just was so, so good, he could still fit the ball in between three guys, right? <laughs> like, Drew Pine can't get away with that. And so it imp, uh, lack of experience impacts a kid like him more than it would uh, Trevor Lawrence or uh, Justin Fields or, uh, you know, uh, guys that are just incredibly physically gifted. You know, John Elway could make a dumb read as a quarterback and throw it in between four guys and complete it on third 19 because he I mean, just threw it so dang hard. There was nothing you could do about it. You know, and, but Drew Pine can't do that. Yep. And so that's why the inexperience is going to cause a little bit of it. You just, you just kind of hope it's like this. That's what you hope it's like for a young Mm -hmm. kid, as opposed to you're staying in the same place, but it's like this. Right. And so I understand what you're saying, Tyler, just in this instance, I I, I don't, I don't think he played like a freshman all year. He played like one against Stanford. He didn't play one like Mm -hmm. against North Carolina or BYU. And I think that's the frustrating thing.
2: It's it's been like a roller coaster with Drew Pine yeah. too, man. Like it's been a roll. I mean, this is why I said last week when we were talking about that, right? Like again, to your point, like multiple people are like Drew Pine should be the starter going into next year, and and whoever comes in should be the the players that are trying to battle for taking his starting spot. And it's just like guys, like let's enjoy the good because there's going to be some bads at points, right? Like that's why we're not super hyperbolic one way or the other. The truth is usually somewhere in between. So like, yeah, did he, did drew pine have a bad game for sure? But like the the context is also like, was he put in the best position? We don't think so. Is Mm -hmm. he still a, is he still an inexperienced quarterback? Yes, he is. And to your point, Brian, like there are some things that you're not going to be able to make up for that margin for error with a drew pine. Like he has to be a kid. That's, Confident, he has to be a kid that is on time. He's got to be a, a kid that understands what he's seeing, like those things have to be there for him. So let's not be super hyperbolic, and let's not be hyperbolic right now either. Right? Drew had a bad game, let's hope right. he plays better next week. That's right. all it comes down to. He was right. bad last game. He if was. you
1: bench a quarterback every time they have a bad game, eventually you're going to run out of quarterbacks. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I don't care who your quarterbacks are. Yep. Uh, you know, it just I don't care.
2: And 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 if you do that, Josh Allen was bad as a rookie in Buffalo, and now three years later yeah. he's arguably the and best quarterback in the NFL. And you have fans and media people saying, ah, he's going to be a bust. He's
1: going to be a bust. He's right. going to suck. And as your point, I mean, would you would you say he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? He's at least in the conversation.
2: I, I, I still think, think it's in Mahomes, but he's, right, he's but in he, the conversation. He's in the
1: conversation, now, now. Yeah. right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't watch NFL. I don't care care to watch NFL, but I'm going to be honest with you. I have a hard time saying no every time that those two guys are matched up against each other. I'm not, I know, because I, I do watch playoff football and I watch the you sometimes and I watched the playoffs last year, and that game between those two guys in the playoffs last year was just unreal. I mean those, just those just, are because they're they're great players and they're warriors, yeah. man. Like they battle, right? They and, battle. and they
2: do they do stuff too where it's just like that should not be possible. <laughs> like right. they just have two of the best arms ever. Right. You're just like that should yes. not be physically possible but it yes. is so, they're tough yeah. guys you know they'll take hits yeah. they'll you
1: know and it just they're fun to watch they are and it, it makes me and there's such a different dichotomy between the last great quarterback battle of manning and brady who mm-hmm. were just such di- i mean they were similar in style but it was a different style like these guys are just yeah. like this is more like nba you know, mm-hmm. like in the mm-hmm. NBA, you're just watching like Bird go against Dominique. In the place is two great <laughs> players, just, just making stupid plays. You're just like these, you know, or Bird versus Jordan or Bird versus Magic. We're just like, this is just insanity. Like these guys are just doing things that nobody on the planet can do. You know, where Peyton and Tom were more like it was up here.
2: Cerebral, you know, with yeah. Josh Allen
1: yeah. and, and, and Pat Mahomes, it's just like, it. it's like, I've said this. Pat Mahomes is the, the closest thing I've ever seen to a quarterback who plays like John Elway. And then mm-hmm. Josh Allen came along and... <laughs> And, and he's kind of that way too. So for me, you understand why I love that style of play. Oh yeah. Uh, but yes, you got to give a kid time, and and I, and there's there's no amount of time in the system that can overcome the experience that you get from actually playing on Saturdays. And and a, and a perfect example for me, Ryan, would be Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stetson Bennett in 2020 was not good. I mean, yep. not good. It's not- You know, he he started several games and he had, let's see, when he was starting early, he had seven touchdowns and eight touchdowns and six interceptions in six games Uh and completed 55.5% of his passes, went five of 16 with a pick against Florida, went 18 of 40 against Alabama. Uh, You know, he wasn't very good. Three interceptions against Bama, two interceptions against nine of thirteen with two picks and a 13, 14 to three win over Kentucky. It wasn't very good. And then lo and behold, he comes out next year, last year, and he's okay early, but the more and more he played, the better and better he got. And all of a sudden was a better player. Now, was part of that town around him? Sure, but he had town around him in 2020 as well. Sure. Right? It's he got experience. He knew, hey, I can't do that, or hey, I can do this, or hey, this guy can do that. And he just got better and better and better. And I think that's a good comparison for Drew Pine because if Stetson Bennett can be a successful college quarterback, why can't Drew Pine, if put in the right situation? What yes. Todd Munkin didn't do last year is ask Stetson Bennett to put the team on his shoulders and will us to victory. He yep. didn't do that. Right? He he said, Hey, we're gonna put the pieces in place to maximize what Stetson can do. Hey, we don't he doesn't have a big arm. Let's design some stuff to get James Cook open on a wheel route because he can make that throw, right? And and it's it was called good coaching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what we're we're missing with Drew Pine, in my opinion. Market Y says the the reason this ish drives us crazy is so is that we see other teams do this stuff consistently and effectively, and we flip on our TVs for our games, and the offense is mainly an effective bore fest. And that's a point that we were making earlier, Ryan. Is I mean, yeah. it's not even something like it, like if I was sitting there saying, well, Obama does this and and Ohio State does this' and why can't Notre mm-hmm. Dame do that? That would be like, hey, dude, they don't have the players for that. Fair, fair. You're, you're telling me that Notre Dame doesn't have the the players that Stanford has because I saw Stanford doing that stuff. You're, I saw them doing shovel scur- shovel passes. To Casey mm-hmm. Filkins, you're telling me Chris Tyree can't execute a shovel pass. You're telling me Logan Diggs can't execute a shovel pass. You're telling me that Lorenzo Styles can't do a, a, a look screen. I know he can because I saw him do it last year. Yeah. Multiple times
2: against good teams. It happens. You know? It happens almost every year where there's a new O.C. or a new head coach in a spot. And then all of a sudden, things look completely different. I mean, think about TCU, Brian. How bad offensively was TCU last year? And then they yeah. get a coach that comes in there and is like, hey, Max Duggan, I'm going to ask you to do what you do well after Chandler Morris gets hurt. I'm going to ask Kendry Miller to do what he does well. I'm going to ask Quentin Johnson to do what he does well. Tay Barber, all these dudes. And all of a sudden, TCU's got one of the best offenses in college football. Is that a mistake? No, it's coaching. Right. It's coaching. Putting talent yeah. in – let, let, Good let's situations. back up
1: your. Let's back up your point too, Ryan. Yeah, who's the transfer that that has been the big reason for their success this year on offense
2: for TCU? Mm-hmm. Do they have a transfer? Let me think. There you What's go. That... Oh, okay. These are the same say, dude you have. That Zach, was a true Zach, question. These are like Lost the a
1: transfer. He transferred <laughs> yeah. out. That's yeah. my point. They scored <laughs> yeah. twenty eight point seven points per game last year in the Big Twelve. They're scoring mm-hmm. 45.8 per game now. Their lowest scoring output of the season was 38 points at Kansas and at Colorado. They've scored at yep. least 38 points a game. They're scoring 45.8 points a game with the same freaking dudes they had last year. I made this point about LSU. I got into an, an argument one time with somebody, and they're like, well, yeah, but Notre Dame doesn't have LSU's players. They LSU had a first-round number one draft pick. I said, but did you think any of those guys were that good in 2019 or 2018 when they were scoring mm-hmm. 31 points a game? He's like, that's a good point. You know, now I'm not saying that there's a Jamar Chase on their team and they're just not using him, and there's also a Justin Jefferson on the team and they're just not. U- I think there's a Justin Jefferson on the team and they're finally using him and he's playing well. But that's not the point because we're not asking you to score 50 points a game. We're asking you to score right. 30 at this point in time. You know, and and so you see it all the time. We saw it in 2017 or 2016 to 2017. You know, Notre Dame couldn't get out of their own shadow in 2011. Next year. Team with a completely different team, same players, same dudes, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right? And so, to me, I'm just, I'm just tired of, I'm just tired of this excuse about the players because I think your point was great. You're bringing a new coach, new offensive coordinator, same dudes, same, same dudes. dudes, yep. You know, same guys. TCU, the last, this is what TCU's done on offense in the fi- in the in the years before. Uh, since 2016 31 points a game, 33.6, 23.5 30 point3 30 point8, 28.7, 45 point8 right I mean and you've beaten three teams that were ranked at the moment you beat them and last week, TCU Ryan you they weren't they didn't look great early on against Oklahoma State. they oh. kept at it they kept attacking they kept giving their players opportunities to make plays and they did it and by the way, Max Dugan would have come to Notre Dame if they'd have taken him. So another example of he liked Notre Dame, they recruited him. They decided to go a different direction, and so another example of a kid. So you can't say, well, you know, they they just they can't get those kind of players. Was, I'm sorry. Was that, the
2: Brent, was that the Brendan Clark class? What class was that?
1: What's that? Well, he was a, he was a 2019 kid. 2019. They, they took Cade McNamara over him, and then Brendan. Clark uh, over him. Yeah, 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 get, yeah. yeah. You chose Cade McNamara, by the way. So that's my whole point, Ryan. Is is you're telling me that Max Dugan, who did not start the season, who got beat out by Chandler Morris? That to your point, because mm-hmm. Chandler Morris mm-hmm. uh, got hurt in the first game, correct? Yep. yep. You got beat out by Chandler Morris, and who started his career at Oklahoma, transferred. Chandler Morris is a six foot, hundred ninety five pound quarterback. Beat out. Max Dugan, who's a returning starter, right? Mm -hmm. So your your backup quarterback who has never thrown more if here's here's Max Dugan's stats: 15 touchdowns, 10 picks, 10 and 4, 16 and 6 in 10 games last year, gets beat out, comes out this year. He's got 16 touchdowns and one pick. Now part of that is back to Tyler's question, which is experience. Experience helps. Yep. But from a talent standpoint, you're gonna tell me that Max Dugan has a significantly better arm than Drew Pine? You're going to try and tell me that? Like you're going to tell me that TCU has just a mess of NFL players running on the field and Notre Dame doesn't? Right? Stop. You're going to watch their offensive line and Notre Dame's offensive line and tell me it's better? You're going to watch their TCU's running backs and Notre Dame's running backs tell me that
2: they're better? TCU's offensive line is very bad, and they're still doing what they're doing with it, which is pretty bizarre. So,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: So, stop blaming everybody
1: else. Look in the freaking mirror because that problem is not the players. I'll say it again. The problem is two coordinators that are more concerned with showing everyone else how smart they are instead of being what real college coaches are, which is player centric. That's what Marcus Freeman was. That's what he needs to get back. He needs to make sure his coaches are doing it the way he did it, which was it's about the dudes. It's about the kids. Because we saw Freeman try to fit guys into a certain off defense last year. And as he learned the players, we saw them evolve, Lessa Fosky dropping into coverage, Lessa Foskey off the line, right? We saw him being used more and more and more the way he was he was capable because he got more used to the players. We're not saying that with this team. Jay Clamp and in investments with a super chat, Brian and or Ryan, do you think Coach Freeman has the power to fire or move on from Tommy? I fear that Tommy and Bill Reese are very powerful tandem behind the scenes. That's a concern I have. I, I won't say that I have the answer to that because I don't know the answer to that. I can only give you my opinion and the opinion I have based on some people I talk to. I am concerned that I, I don't know if he does. I have doubts that he does. And I also don't know if he thinks he can. Like, that's the only way I can explain the comments he makes. It's like, is there like a fear there? You don't want to piss off the Reese's and all their allies? This is one of the reasons I've said or in the season, every vestige of the Brian Kelly era needs to be gone. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? As much of it as possible. And so I don't know if Marcus Freeman has the power to do that. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I I really don't. And and what I mean by that is not that I I don't think he does. I don't know. I can only give you my opinion. And I always want to make sure here at Irish Breakdown, that we're very clear with you of telling you what we are hearing, what we know, and what we think. That Mm -hmm. is 100% my opinion based on what I see, what I hear, whatever. It's just me connecting certain dots. No one has told me he can't fire him. Nobody's told me that. I haven't asked. Well, I have asked, but nobody, people don't know. And, you know, rightfully so not engaging in that conversation, but so I don't have an answer to that, but I have my doubts, Ryan. I have my doubts. Super chat from Tyler Evans. Why can't we stop teams on third down? Ryan, I'll let you have this one. I've been talking a lot here lately, and and this is a defensive question. So,
2: yeah. I mean, I think that that when you see teams that struggle on third down or you see teams that struggle in those situations where you're in prevents at the end of games, I think that there's complacency, right? Like I think that there is just a push towards not messing up, right? And then you stop being who you are. You lose your identity that got them into that third down position or into that bad situation. So I think that most teams, Brian, like in my opinion – the third down and the prevents flaws that they have is that they get away from their style, man. Like stick to what you are. The teams that get into that vanilla understanding of like, Hey, Oh, we can't make a mistake. Just get back. We'll run the picket fence. We're not letting anything behind us. All that good stuff. Those are the teams that get complacent and they make mistakes because you're asking your team now to completely flip what made them successful on the previous two downs. And then you're doing something that is just not, what their style indicates right so i think that there's just a lack of aggressiveness in those situations at times i think there's i mean there's always going to be some lack of players just not making plays right been the big money downs but i think more than anything you're getting away from your identity and you're and you're just being too complacent you're sitting back you're trying to be too cute just stay with what you are man play your defense play the way you do usually and you'll usually be successful so i think it's just a lack of identity in those situations if i'm being honest Sean
1: Kelly asks, and that was a good question. I I appreciate that and a very good answer, Ryan. Sean Kelly says, player's not showing up ready to play. Isn't the player's fault at all? It's a coaching problem and coaching starts at the top. I'm going to somewhat disagree with this. It can be both. The coach ultimately is accountable. At the end of the day, however, the message I'll tell every single player, and I believe this is true of me, I believe this is true of everybody, this is a lesson I've had to learn in my life, is I would always be – I remember I went through something really crappy when I was a player, and I got benched and it wasn't my fault. And, and it was a situation where the new coordinator came in. His son was the quarterback's coach. They brought in a freshman, you know, that they wanted to work with. And so they put me in a lot of bad positions to fail and, you know, and and just kind of how it went. Right. And so I got screwed. I felt, and you know, the message that my dad told me is he goes, yeah, yeah, you did get screwed and it's not your fault, but how you respond to it. That's a hundred percent on you. If you yeah. respond poorly, if you quit the team, if you do this, if you do that, that's not about them anymore. Right. That's about you. And I don't remember if I de- definitely wanted to quit, but I definitely remember having conversations where my dad told me what quitting would mean. That would mean, you know, that that's not about them. Quitting is about you. Right. That that's about, you know, cause I was like, look, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm just going to finish my degree. I'm going to get into coaching and all that kind of stuff. And so, my dad was like, look, you know, you can't control whether they're going to start you or play you or respect you. So, you know, so my dad, so I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll work with the young quarterbacks and they would always come to me instead of the coach. Cause the coach was an idiot. If I'm being honest, the, the quarterback's coach was the, dad was the, 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 he, the offensive coordinator's son. And he was an idiot. He just, he maybe he's better now. I don't know, but he was an idiot. And he, would all, he, he couldn't coach them. They, he would say things like they didn't understand. Us and so they'd come to me and I'd coach them up. Well, then he found out they were coming to me and I was helping them out. I was helping the kid that took my job out. And the quarterback's coach got pissed off and went to his dad and they said, well, you're not allowed to talk to them anymore. Like, that's how bad it was. But my dad was like, okay, that's on that's on him. How you respond to it reflects upon you. Right. And that's a lesson I would get every single player that's that's not re- showing up, not ready to play and blaming the coaches. No, 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 no. You can't control what they do and don't teach you. You can control how hard you play. You can control what your attitude is like. You can control whether you're going to let how he's treating you drag you down. Now that's easy to say as a 43, oh, let's say 44 year old. Okay, I'm getting so old; I don't even remember how old I am anymore. It's you don't easy look at me day day say, over
2: 30. I you don't look at over 30. That.
1: Yeah, if I do this, you're kind of correct, uh, but. <laughs> my point is I've lived it. I've experienced it. I'm a grown man now. It's a lot harder to actually be that way when you're 18, 19, or 20, and you're going through it. So this isn't a suck it up, kid. You're fine. And it's easy to do. It's hard to do when all these things are happening to you, but at the end of the day, that's your task. You're a student athlete at Notre Dame. That's what's expected of you, right? It's not about Coach Reese. It's not about Coach Stuckey or Coach McCullough or Coach Freeman or what Brian Driscoll writes about you in the media. None of that controls the things that you control, right? Control your own controllables, right? Or I think, Ryan, you've said that before, right? Like, focus on the, con- the things that you can control. And that's what these yep. kids can do. What Chancy Stuckey does or doesn't teach a receiver should not impact whether or not they play hard or are focused or are fired up or want to be out there. That's on you. Now, the, toxic, the environment can be such that it makes it harder to do that. I will admit that. And I think that's what a lot of kids are going through right now. At the end of the day, when you put on that gold helmet, your attitude and your effort is reflective upon you, right? Now, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll hold the coaches accountable, no question. And we do that a lot. But at the end of the day, I'm not – and, Sean, I think the environment has been set up to where I'm going to hold the coaches ultimately accountable for it. But the players also have to have an accountability thing. Like what we saw from Isaiah Foskey on Saturday against Stanford, I got questions about the job Al Washington's doing. But that's on Isaiah Foskey. Yep. Right. Like, dude, you you know
2: better than that. You 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 know that's on you, dude. We talked we talked about that yesterday, man. Because like Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of yeah we talked about like you know the coaching stuff yesterday a little bit. But we I actually used Isaiah Foskey as an example, not to harp on him too much, but. Isaiah didn't come to play, man. Like he didn't come yeah. to play on Saturday. Like, let's call it what it is. That, that's not on the coach necessarily. That's on Isaiah for that situation, right? Like he's been a player. Well, let's see, in his fourth year at Notre Dame, and his second year as a starter, full time starter, three years of of, of you know of, of substantial playing time. Like that's 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 a player issue at that point. But to your point, Brian, yes, at the core, it's about the coach's preparation. But there are some instances where a player did not get himself ready, right? He didn't psych himself Mm -hmm. up. He didn't prepare to his best ability. So we need to separate those two things because it's not always just one side, but I I think that every play, every, every situation is a little different. And that's why we need to evaluate them and such.
1: Next question here. There's a question out here, Ryan, that's going to be really fun to answer. Antoine Johnson says, Brian, most teams in college football have self-evaluators on staff. Does Notre Dame have one? Do Notre Dame Does Notre Dame self-scout? It's hard for me to accept that they actually self-scout right now because nothing yeah. has changed. Like literally, name me one thing that's really changed other than just the line being coached, getting better and better every week. Name me one thing that in any structural way whatsoever has changed since the first game of the year. Other than Benjamin Morrison starting now over Clarence Lewis. Name me one thing that's changed. No players have been benched. No No schematic changes have happened. No philosophical changes have happened. The linebackers keep doing the same crap over over and over and over again, and that tells me that Al Golden just keeps thinking they're the problem and just keeps – you know, not playing, you know, not teaching them up, not looking in the mirror and saying, Hey, maybe I'm part of the problem. You know, my entire unit sucks. My entire unit's not playing well. My entire unit is regressed from a year ago. Maybe that's me. Maybe I'm the problem. Just Mm -hmm. just saying. So I don't, I don't think, I mean, who, I don't think Marcus Freeman's telling them that. And if he is, they're not listening to him. Which is mm-hmm. a much bigger problem, but I don't know if that's happening. But I can only assume that it's not being said. I can only assume that they're not going in there and, and butts aren't being chewed out and 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 people aren't being put on on notice and all that kind of stuff, which needs to happen when you're sucking as bad as Notre Dame has been sucking. Three and three is inexcusable. Inexcusable right now. Inexcusable. Yeah. And and so like four and two I could have lived with because before the year there was a lot of people that thought they were they were going to lose to Ohio State and BYU. There's a lot of people that thought that. There were some people that thought they might lose to North Carolina instead of BYU, but there was a lot of people that thought this team would be four and two at this point in time of the year, which is what makes the Stanford game so bad. But you you would have been four and two and lost to Marshall, but now yep. you're three and three with losses to Marshall and Stanford. No, that's coaching. That's a hundred percent coaching. And and I don't I, I you know uh, because here's the thing, Antoine. Even if they are self scouting, it comes down to what's in your your mind. What's your what's your your soul as a coach, if your soul of a coach is always to look outwardly for why things aren't working, then self-scouting does nothing for you. Nothing for you.
2: You have to want to make it a fix. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: If you're someone yeah. who believes, hey, look, I'm not doing – it's not getting done because of – you know, and, and I'm ultimately responsible, then you're going to be more open to self-scouting. Now, you also can't be someone who just every time something goes wrong, you just completely change your offense or defense. You can't be that either. There has to be a healthy blend of, okay, can we do something different here? And they're just not. All right. Jim Halloran asks, Brian and Ryan, in your opinions, why haven't the fundamental issues been fixed on both sides of the ball so tired of the evaluate excuse fix the problem? I think at some positions they have. I think the offensive line is playing much better now than they did in the opener. 100%. Much better. Yep. yep. I think I think receiver play has gotten slightly better mm-hmm. from the beginning of the year, not a ton. But, yeah, I mean, Jim – and then the defensive line started making strides in a couple games against bad offensive lines, and then they came out on Saturday and and didn't really play that well against an offensive line that was missing two starters and a third guy had moved positions. You know, like, uh, I mean, yeah, those are are issues not getting addressed.
2: We talked about it earlier too, Brian. I think that there is not a trust in – responsibilities for a lot of players at various positions. And when that happens, I think that you, your, your position becomes a little chaotic, right? Like your mind's going a little too fast. You're thinking about a little too much. And when you're thinking too much, that's when you lose your technique, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing with like pre-snap movement for like linebackers for a second, right? Like I'm trying to mess with your mind so that you're not true to your technique. And I think that that's what's happening as well Is I think guys aren't as true to their technique because they're, they're a little frazzled and they're a little confused on what their responsibility is at times, you know, when players think too much, that's when you sacrifice the technique. And I think that's, what's happening sometimes to some players.
1: I want to respond to this too, real quick from a uh, beef eater, Brian and Ryan, wait a minute. If self-evaluation and change is part of what makes a coach. Great. Are you saying BK is a great coach for the 2017 changes he made? No, for two reasons. Number one is he didn't make those changes until he had no choice. <laughs> and and that's not what good coaches do. Urban Meyer goes through two seasons of Everett Withers. They win 24 straight games, get embarrassed in the Big Ten title game by Michigan State, and get embarrassed by by uh, Clemson, and instead of waiting until it got worse, he made the change then, and the next year they went out yeah. and won a title. Now, Nick Saban brings in coaches, and they don't do a good job, and he recognizes it before it's too late, and they collapse and have a four-and-eight season, so no, number one. Number two, I've said this before. Brian Kelly did not make those changes because that's what he wanted to do. Those were thrust upon him. Brian Kelly was trying to leave after 2016. So while he's trying, his agent's trying to get him another job, Jack Swarbrick and the people that work under him were out there the ones. I've been told this by people involved in the process. They were the ones that did most of the legwork to get Chip Long, Mike Elko here. And Matt Bayless is only here because Bob Diaco called Brian Kelly after he got fired from UConn and said, Hey, you got it. You got to bring this map. They're going to hire a guy from USC. So no, he does not get credit for that. He does not get credit for that. And maybe Jack Swarbrick thought, Hey, I did a good job getting coordinators last time. So I'm going to force Tommy Reese on it. But in this instance, it was not a good idea because if anything I, I, I believe, and I could be wrong that if Marcus Freeman was allowed to make his own hire at offense coordinator, I believe, and I've said this before, I think he still would have kept Tommy Reese, but there's the dynamic would be different. Right. The dynamic would be, I chose you. It's kind of like, you know, the, the old, you know, the joke, you know, my dad used to say to me, he'd say it jokingly. He goes, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Right. I mean, it just, Mm -hmm. it was a joke. Right. And it was from a comedy skit. But the point is, if, if I'm the guy that brought you here, I can be the guy that makes sure you're not here anymore. You're going to do it my way. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you weren't, I'm not the reason you're here. Somebody above me, my boss is the reason you're here. You know, and and then it gets it's, reported. And who do you think yeah. told people that? Do you think Marcus Freeman was telling sources that reported? I've ta- Tom Irish has complete autonomy on offense. Do you think that was Marcus Freeman saying that? No, that was that was coming from the other side. And once yeah. that gets out, it's like, okay, well, I have no authority here.
2: You know, and it's that's like, that's the scary thing. It's like an arranged marriage. It's not organic, yeah. right? Like that's the big thing. It's not organic.
1: Yeah, that's
2: good. Some and some arranged it feels, marriages work. Feels
1: disjointed. 100%, 100%. Some work, some don't. And it worked yep. last time, didn't work this time. Brian NY with Super Chat. Thank you, Brian. Uh, consequences for the SMA fumbles? More digs, maybe? I mean, yeah, there needs to be consequences, but I also don't believe you just bench a guy because of that, especially a guy that, that plays well. You, you make sure you coach him up, and you know, we're not – we're something Pop Warner. You know, you coach him up, you get him to fix it, and make sure he doesn't do it again. And now this is two big fumbles by him, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be cognizant of that, but you know, just – play more digs I, I think we already talked about what it should be get chris tyree involved doing the things he's comfortable with have logan Diggs do the things he's comfortable with and estimate do things he's comfortable with and there's going to be carryover with all three of them yeah just use them better and then teach them how i mean because both times it's because he's not putting it look when you're in traffic you put the ball here every running back i've ever coached did that i've never had a running back or a receiver lose a ball like that why because you work on it in practice when you're moving around you do this and, and i know that I know that it's being taught because we haven't seen that happen to Logan Diggs. We haven't seen that happen to Chris Tyree. You know, so no. Audrick's just got to really get that. And now if he continues to just not make the changes, then yeah, you gotta you gotta take him out. All right, you can't put a guy in there that won't make take the steps, not turn the ball over anymore in clutch situations. But I'm not ready to just move on from him yet. I just I'm not ready there. If it happens again, third strike, okay, but I'm not ready to go there. Brian and Ryan, do you think players knowing Marcus Freeman uh, tells Tommy to rethink what he is doing and force him to change could prevent players from wanting to transfer with better hopes for next year? Yes. I think if Marcus Freeman wants to salvage this season culturally and from respect from his players, it needs to be very obvious that he has gone into his coordinators and and let them know this isn't okay and stop blaming the players right? Mm-hmm. And now blaming the players is happens one of two ways. One is it's verbalized, either publicly or privately. Or two is because you don't change anything. And when you don't change anything, it tells me that you don't think you're the problem. That's blaming the players. It's not, it's yep. not the same way as me just saying it's the player's fault, but it's still the same thing. When you keep calling the same thing over and over again and keep getting pissed when your players don't execute it, that's because you think they're the problem.
2: And they're not. You are. And and I mean, R- R- Brian, why were we so excited leading up to the season? It's the fact of like he Marcus Freeman was instilling a lot of belief in players, right? Like you didn't just hear like, "Oh, Marcus Freeman's a real cool guy" and he's a great coach. Like you heard those things, but at the end of it, it's also we think that Marcus Freeman is going to take Notre Dame back. He's going to win national right. championships. Like that's the expectation, right? And if and if you come off of this disappointing season and you make no changes. Right. What was your goal? Your goal is to stay the same, right? Because you're not gonna change if you you're not gonna succeed if you don't change anything, right? There has to be a change. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean changing coaches, but there has to be a changing in philosophy. There's gotta be a changing in the way right. you do things. There has to be something, right. Otherwise, you're gonna stay the same. And the same is not good enough as of right you now. Know.
1: I actually think it needs to happen sooner. I, I worry that he by the time he steps in and makes those changes, it's gonna be too late. And he'll have lost certain players. I mean, like, that's really all I've done the last few days is just field those phone calls. I and mean, it's, it's been insane. And it's not about playing time, it's much deeper than that. And this has been going on for a month now, right? It's just, it's worse now that they're losing again. Yeah. But it was going on during the winning streak as well. So, right way and a wrong way to treat people. And the way that Marcus Freeman treated people as a coach. Is not the same way some of his coaches are treating people now, and that's a that's a problem. That's a problem. C. Severs asks, "Is there any truth to Tommy Reese turning down having an analyst?" I have seen that reported. I have no knowledge of that, which is why we haven't spoken on it. Yeah, because I keep getting asked it, and I just want to say it. Like I've never heard that. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it's. I, I don't know, and I can't speak on something that I have no knowledge of. I can't deny it. And I can't confirm it either way because I've heard nothing about it either way. I haven't heard somebody say, no, that's not true. It didn't happen. And I haven't seen somebody say, yeah, it happened. I've heard nothing about that. So I can't comment on that. That's why we've avoided that subject. That's why we don't talk about it on our shows. We don't talk about it on the message board. And, and the reason I'm only addressing it now is because, A, you asked it. And, B, hopefully people will stop asking me about it. Simply because I just, I don't, I, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. And the one thing I will never do here or any of the people that work for me will ever be allowed to do Uh, If they if they want to keep working here is is talk about things that 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 uh, or try to confirm things or say things that just aren't true or they don't really know and they're just taking what somebody else is reporting and then passing it off as their own. We don't do that here. Other people may do that. Other people do do that. We don't. And so I have no knowledge of this and I can't comment on it. And I think Ryan and I have talked about it. He has not heard that either. So
2: that's why we haven't addressed that subject. Yeah. Nor are we We saying names. Someone asked about it yesterday, too, and we said the same exact thing that we haven't heard yeah. it. We don't have any knowledge of it so yeah, at the moment. Not denying it, not confirming it, because we know nothing yeah. about it either I way. So no. Yeah.
1: Ray Holcraft says, is the conversation that much different? Had Notre Dame won seventeen sixteen, is a garbage win. I, I, I've had people say this. If Notre Dame would have won. We have a different conversation. And I will say this. Whether you like our show or don't like our show, the one thing that you always know is we do not get driven by results only. We have been mm-hmm. very critical of Notre Dame after wins, because again, mm-hmm. we're looking at how you play, and is that level of play going to be good enough to be the beat the teams you need to beat that matter?
2: Did, did anybody and, come to our yeah. did anybody come to our post game show against Cal and think that we were like, oh, sunshine and rainbows? Like, absolutely, or even not. BYU, even was... the BYU game. I mean,
1: I got somebody yeah. ripped me, you know, on the board, and it's like, you know, yeah, it, it was I said ripped is a little strong, but it was critical of me because I didn't make Drew Pine the the starting, the player of the game. And then my response, I said, well, he missed this. He missed this. He missed this. And the guy went off like, well, the yeah. stuff that I was critical of drew against BYU is stuff that was even was there. And was a bigger, even a bigger problem against Stanford. Cause you can't always get away with that stuff. Right. And, and, and I mean, I've always done that. I remember in 2009 when Notre Dame was playing Nevada and they just rolled Nevada. It's like 31, nothing or 35, nothing or something like that. And after the game, I'm like, man, this is bad. This is really it's thirty five nothing. This is really bad because Nevada dropped like nine passes and there was guys open that Colin Kaepernick didn't see them and Nevada just missed a ton of opportunities to score a lot of points in that game and 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 I was like th- this defense is not as good as those numbers said. I said the same thing early in twenty fourteen when they were shutting out teams. I said look, teams are going to get the book on this and they're going to figure some stuff out and then we saw what happened and then what happened the next week. After the after Colin Kaepernick gets shut out and they beat Nevada thirty five nothing and I'm, people are ripping me because oh you're so critical you're you're just never happy they went out got, they made Tate Forcier look like a Heisman Trophy candidate the next week oh man I and then the rest Tate is Fournier. history from there <laughs> so I I will always try to be honest and sometimes you can lose and you say boy there's a lot of good stuff to br- take out of that game now some stuff that's got to get fixed because you lost but there's a lot of good stuff to take out of that game which we did in the Ohio State game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know. Uh, it wouldn't change for me, Ray. The record would be better, and I think there'd be a, a different sort of tone in a lot of the the stuff. It's talking about hey, look, you know, look, they got the win, but they got to fix this stuff. Whereas now, it's like, I think the losses make it even. Your 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 backs are up against the wall even more. Right. Matt Calthon, some uh, someone on the board said that Freeman had a Monday morning meeting with Jack. Is that true? I have no idea. I would imagine Jack and Marcus meet relatively frequently. And that's yeah. kind of what a head coach and does with his assistant. So, And I would imagine after a loss like this, I would imagine Jack did want to talk to Marcus. I would, it's not an abnormal thing. I don't know if that's true or not. Again, I don't speak on things that I don't have knowledge of, but I can assure you that um, that's not an abnormal thing, especially after a, a loss like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I hope they
1: did meet, and I hope Marcus is going to – and I hope that Marcus believes what we believe and expresses that to Jack. I don't know if he will or won't, though. Here's the question I wanted to get to, Ryan, that I thought was really fascinating. Brian and Ryan, speaking of mm-hmm. the talent, how many points per game would Notre Dame average if Day, Riley, Heipel, Sark, etc., was running the offense? So let's say that those coaches, and let's not do the whole, well, if they were here for this amount of time, this would be the pl- – with the players that they have now, what, yeah. would, what would things look like, in your opinion? And so, to me, I mm-hmm. mean, just looking at this as – as objectively as possible let's just say that those coaches were good enough to bring an extra touchdown against ohio state an mm-hmm. extra touchdown against against uh, north carolina and then an extra touchdown against byu that's it so yep. the games that you won all they did was give you an extra touchdown which is just Aldrich estimate not fumbling in the end zone right yep. not getting stopped on fourth down right simple stuff that actually happened Let's just say that that happens. And then, let's say they do to Marshall what they should have done to Marshall, which is what? Say at least, what, 38 points? At least. At least, yeah.
2: At least. Okay, so let's yeah. just,
1: so 38 points. Cal, he scored 24. Let's just say it's a touchdown better with those coaches. thirty-one, Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then let's say, let's go to the Stanford game. Let's just say all they would have done against Stanford is what every other team did against Stanford basically this year. With uh, you know every you know every other FBS team would have done against them this year, and Stanford was giving up thirty-eight and a half points per game against not against non-Colgate's. So let's just say they would have put up what everybody else put up, right? So let's do the math that way, and so it is. I love calculators on the computer. <laughs> so that is thirty-five point two points per game. I think that's very reasonable. And that's still less yeah. than what they should be doing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think they should be, with the teams that they've played so far, they should be creeping up closer to 40 points a game. But the Ohio State game at the beginning, you only played six games. I don't drag it down a tab, but name me a team that's really good on defense or has the talent that Notre Dame has on defense in the five game sense.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's, it's one of those hypotheticals where you're thinking, you're just like, what could have been? But yes. Yep. 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 yep.
1: Uh, Thomas Walsh asked, said, field what phone calls, Brian? Um, I've been getting a lot of phone calls from people that are very frustrated and upset the last week, and it's been really going on for the last month. But, mm-hmm. y'all, listen, Jacob Lacey, I don't agree with what Jacob did. And, and I've said this. I, I, I love Jacob. He's a, really a good kid, I, and, and I have a lot of respect for his family. They're good people. I've known him for a long time. I don't believe in it's ever right to transfer in the middle of the season when you're playing because you're unhappy with your playing time. Yeah. I, I can sympathize with your frustration, but I don't, I just, I don't believe in that. I mean, So uh, he's got to do his best for him. No, no, no. Once the season starts, unless there's some sort of abuse happening, I don't believe in that. I just, I don't. Right. But my point is that didn't happen in a vacuum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Like mm-hmm. when those things happen, there's always more to it. There's always more to it than that. And so, He's not the only one. He's just the only one that made the decision to leave now. Yeah. He's the only one that really had the leverage to make the decision to leave now. And I can just assure you there's a lot of uh, frustrated people and and about – and it's not just about playing time. It's about the culture and how they're being treated. And a lot, a lot of it has to do with the offensive side of the ball, even some defensive people. So it's not good, man. It's not good, Thomas. So that's what I was referring to. All right. Sean Michael uh, with Super Chat. Thank you, Sean. He says, Brian, it was great to meet and chat with you on Saturday. Likewise. Uh, thank you for clearing up my question about the last bits of the BK era. That show was great, and energy around it was awesome, awesome for IB and Notre Dame. Yeah, he was. that was the Jeremiah Love thing. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of yep. fun. And I hope we're able to do that again. I have a feeling we're not going to be able to ever do that again. But hopefully we'll be able to do that again and have some fun with it uh feeder says ask brian and ryan wait a, oh, no actually we already we already answered that one so sorry i forgot to unstar that one at the end so ryan i think that is is going to be it for the questions i don't think i saw anything um else on there that uh, uh so here's one kale what does our offense look like against our defense in practice i'm told they rarely go against each other it's all scout team stuff. So they, they don't really. Anyway. All right. So Ryan, that is going to do it for today's show. This was a fun show, not always a happy show, but a fun show. I enjoyed it. A lot of good stuff in it, Ryan. Thank you for doing it with me. Thank you all for being with us today. Great crowd today. Great questions. We appreciate you all very much tonight, six o'clock Sean Styers and Jesse Styers will be back for another edition of the IB nation sports talk show. Tomorrow, uh, I'll be back at 1. I'm not quite sure who's going to be joining me. Sean Davis and I will have a show together this week. We don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or Thursday. This has to depend. We have to figure out some other things. i got to talk with Ryan about kind of how things are going to go as well. Uh, So we'll we'll definitely be back. And then, of course, we'll have another IB Nation Sports uh, Talk show tomorrow and Thursday as well. By the time we get to Thursday, Friday, we'll start somewhat kind of getting into our our UNLV prep. And, again, it's not a disrespect UNLV. It's just there's bigger issues afloat right now uh then you you and and so we will uh we will definitely do that but uh hit that like button, like button everybody subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell share this podcast if you're listening via podcast please give us a five-star review and sign up for the cfb nation channel as well sign up for the message boards at boards we still got great merch on there obviously we're gonna have some new things here soon as well. We've got our built bar action, all that kind of good stuff. So definitely make sure you check all of that out. And of course, come back and join us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.